Here the Turtle is presented by Toyota. Toyota helps you get the most out of your drive. Just ask a friend who drives one. Shop buyatoyota.com, Toyota's official website for deals, to find the Toyota that's right for you. Toyota, let's go places. It's Wednesday, August 12, 2020. It's here, the turtle presented by Toyota. And Keith, I mean, we have come on this show since the middle of March and gone through pandemics, talked about when sports are going to come back. And I don't know if we've had a more chaotic 24 hours or 48 hours is probably the more realistic time frame that we've had um, as the Big Ten decides to postpone fall sports hopefully for play in the spring. Um, Obviously, most of that focus surrounding football after the release of the football schedule last week. Then now all of the news over the last three or four days about what all of the Power Five conferences were going to do. Ultimately, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 at this point, as we talk on Wednesday, August 12th, have postponed football. But we can't forget about those other sports, Keith. Men's and women's soccer for Maryland, women's cross country, women's volleyball and field hockey all will move to hopefully have spring seasons. That decision coming down from the Big Ten um, yesterday, Tuesday uh, in the afternoon after rumors all weekend long. So we now have some clarity Uh, on what the fall season will look like. Unfortunately, it's not the clarity um, that we would have wanted. Um, Everyone is is certainly disappointed um, that this is the way it's going to go. But the Big Ten went on its best medical information. Um, You saw the interview with with Kevin Warren. Um, Dave Repson did a great job with that on BTN Live yesterday, getting those answers. And ultimately, there was just too much uncertainty um, for the Big Ten to move forward with the fall sports season, which disappoints us all, Keith, but seems like from a medical perspective with where we are in the pandemic is the right decision. Yeah, it was the right call, but a, a tough call, like you said. And just, you know, you and I have relationships with uh, coaches, different people in the athletic department, and it, everyone's disappointed. You know, you know nobody wanted this uh, decision to happen, but I think all of us in the back of our minds knew that this was very much in play uh, even back as far as March when we just didn't know, you know what the pandemic would bring. Um, and it's interesting, in our interview today with Damon Evans, athletic director at the University of Maryland, you know, he made the point that today's August 12th. Today is five months since March 12th, that day when all those conference basketball tournaments were, were canceled and, and the spring sports seasons uh, were, were canceled. Um, and it, it's just incredible to look back at these five months uh, where we've come, where we've gotten to, and um, you know, it, it's it's a sad, it's a sad day, it's a sad time. Um, but ultimately, uh, like like you've mentioned, uh, it's it's the right decision. Yeah, absolutely, Keith. It was tough to see, um, and your heart goes out to all of our our student athletes and our coaches um, in the fall. I was on a call with our our men's soccer team just a couple of hours. You know, our, our preseason call just a couple of hours before everything went down, and you could see it kind of setting in for those guys. Uh, and for lack of a better language, it, it sucked. I mean, it sucks. Um, for those kids, you know, you build 
off of everything you do last spring. You have your spring seasons ended. You're rolling in. You're feeling good. You feel like the pandemic's going to be in a place where you can play. Um, but unfortunately, the medical information um, just makes that impossible. And that's part of the reason we wanted to have um, the director of athletics, Damon Evans, on this show to give some clarity and some context behind the decisions that were made by the Big Ten. Um, and we jumped into a bunch of different topics, including really the last week for him and what the discussions have been like amongst um, not only the internal stakeholders for Maryland, but also the conversations he's had with the other ADs, which, as he says, were not always pleasant, were competitive, were everyone getting their opinions in there. So you, you can tell, and, and obviously everyone seeing the public perception of it, these were hard decisions that had to be made. Um, we touched on whether there could have been another scenario in which fall sports could have been played. Could you have done a bubble? That's really the big talk. Everyone's been successful in a bubble. MLS, NBA, NWSL, PL, blah, 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 um, has been successful with the bubble. We, we talked about that. We asked, did he, he, does he think spring sports can be played? Does he think um, winter sports are going to be played? Um, and then also about the financial um, ramifications uh, of what is going to happen if football is potentially canceled throughout. Um, Damon gave us some great context and some great answers on that stuff. So let's jump into our far-ranging uh, interview after this wild last 48 hours in college athletics with Damon Evans. We're back here on Hear the Turtle, and we welcome on the head man, the head honcho, Damon. I don't know what I don't know what we want to call you. How about the director of athletics? Um, that man is Damon Evans, and Damon, been a crazy 24 hours. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to see you. It has been crazy, um, but you know what? We're surrounded by great people on our staff, our coaches, and uh, we'll manage through this somehow, and we'll come out, and, and we'll get ourselves prepared to move forward. So let's jump right into the topic at hand. Obviously, a wild week and a wild 24 hours uh, for college athletics. Take us through the last week, from when the Big Ten releases the football schedule to now postponing of all fall sports, hopefully to the spring, um, but trying to get them playing as well. Take us through that last week of decision-making. Well, there's been a lot going on, as you guys can imagine. Um, there's a lot of discussions taking place. You know, what do we do? We release the schedule. We all put great plans in place, our protocols in place to, to try to get to a fall sports season. But then, you know, you start talking about some of the medical concerns, the uncertainty out there with regard to what are the long-term complications. Uh, for student athletes, there were president's meetings, there were AD's meetings, there were meetings with the conference office. So a lot of individuals uh, were involved and the conference made a decision to uh, postpone. And I think it's key that we say postpone the sports for now and continue to evaluate and to look to the spring and see if we can really uh, get some competitions played then. So uh, been challenging to say the least, a lot of long nights, but I'm proud of how our group has worked together, and I'm proud of the people here at the University of Maryland. Damon, take us through your message to student-athletes and coaches right now. Obviously, really hurting after having their seasons postponed. What have those conversations been like for you over the last 24 hours? Extremely difficult. I'm a former student-athlete, and when you're a student-athlete, you just have a such a small window of time, a four- to five-year period in which to play at an elite level, and that may be the end of your athletics career, and that is for most of them. So I hurt for them. Uh, I'm disappointed. Uh, I feel disappointment uh, for them. But my thought, to, my my remarks to them were simply this: We're going to face adversity. You faced adversity in life before. This is uncharted territory. Um, but let's continue to fight. 
let's continue to have hope. Let's continue to look to the future and know that the staff and our coaches, we are here for you. We're going to provide you all the necessary resources so you can continue to practice, train, uh, do the academic things that need to be done, and uh, we'll be here. But very, very hard day and, and very, very difficult time. I just hurt and feel for them. Damon, when did the discussions really start to heat up on postponement becoming a reality? Because I'm sure it was very much a wait and see situation for many months. And what was your stance on postponing the seasons? Well, you know, it was interesting. We've always gone forward with the plan. Let's take this one day at a time. Let's build protocols. Let's see what we can get done as a conference, keeping in mind the most important factor the health, the safety, and the wellness of our student athletes. So again, there were a lot of discussions uh, with the conference amongst the presidents and the ADs. And then at the end of the day, the conference felt there was just too many uncertainties, too many unknowns out there related to uh, health complications. And so we are where we are. We move forward and we progress to what's next. We, we look to solutions. We look to the future. A decision has been made. And, and I'll tell you, it was a difficult decision because I know that everyone involved, they were thinking first and foremost for the student athletes. That's what our job is. Uh, that's what we did. And it's just a very, very difficult time. But uh, we'll manage as we always do. Damien, you, you mentioned those health risks there. And uh, in your eyes, what was some of the medical information um, you know, that the Big Ten discovered or kind of brought to light uh, that you thought was a deciding factor in, in postponing fall sports? I think there were a lot of factors. There are factors dealing with, you know, some of the protocols, dealing with things such as testing. Are we ready? Can we get testing ramped up? Is there enough testing available? Are all the institutions uh, doing the same thing. The conference came out with some medical protocols, contact tracing was issues, but it really wasn't the protocols. A lot of people are talking about, well, we had great protocols. Why are we doing this? I, I commend all of our member institutions, and I really want to commend our institution, the University of Maryland, and, and our medical staff. And I'm, I want to name a few, whether it's uh, Dr. Rooks, who leads our team, and then Dr. David Klosner, who's our head of uh, sports performance, and then also Brian Semerville, who oversees all of our trainers. They did a fabulous job of putting protocols together. But I think at the end of the day, some of the things that really got the conference to where it is and the decision point was the fact of the unknown complications associated with COVID-19, such as myocarditis, which is a heart condition that uh, a lot of uh, people who come down with COVID end up having heart complications afterwards. That really started concerning a lot of the medical experts out there. So that's one of a few, but a lot of people have been focusing on protocols. Protocols were good, but I think it was the unknowns and the uncertainty and the complications associated with this virus. That was something you talked about a little bit to our staff yesterday about that people were missing the bigger picture to a certain extent on this. Did that flip at some point for you? Obviously, the information is so fluid throughout this entire process since we shut everything down in March till now. Were there points where you had more optimism and then you had days where you saw reports and you got more negative? What has just sort of been the roller coaster and then eventually where you got to the point yourself where you said, okay, we've got to shut this down for now and try to find a solution later uh, to start athletic competition again. I, I consider myself to be a very optimistic person. I'm going to take you guys back a little bit. You know, 
I would have never thought way back when that we're going to shut football down and, and fall sports. I said, we got time to get better to figure this out. We're the United States of America, uh, the most powerful co country, the greatest country in the world. We can do this. Things started going in our favor. But then once we reopened and I saw that trend line go up, I started going, uh-oh, the, the virus started exploding. So I knew that would be a factor for us. And then so as we continue to move forward, one thing that was always said in our conference was that we would follow the advice of medical experts. Uh, and there are a great team of doctors across 14 different institutions uh, that we had an infectious disease group and we had a sports medicine committee. They were constantly updating us, the presidents, the conference on what was going on and collecting data. And it just got to a point that the uncertainty with regard to whether it's myocarditis or other complications became a significant of enough factor that the conference felt within the next month to month and a half, those issues weren't going to be able to be resolved. So we got to the point of uh, the decision to move forward as we, we planned right now. And again, very difficult as a former football student athlete, a uh, college player, you know, you feel a little bit numb to the fact that we're not playing football, we're not playing volleyball, you know, we're not playing field hockey or men's and women's soccer cross country. Very difficult. Very, very difficult. Damon, take us inside some of the meetings you've had over the last week, over the last few months with your counterparts throughout the conference internally with all the stakeholders, head coaches, medical personnel. Was there a lot of disagreement in those meetings? How emotional did those meetings get? Uh, take us inside some of that decision-making process because I think it's something, you know, on the outside, people see that decision made. They don't realize how much goes into ultimately shutting down something that so many people care about. Well, this has been a long process. Uh, it goes back to March 12th. And, and someone told me the other day on, on the August 12th said, man, it's been five months. We have been meeting every day as athletic directors for the past five months. And I can tell you, we meet every morning at 8, from 8 to 10. Some days we meet two times. There have been some days we've met three times. We've met on the weekends. But there's been constant communication. And we as athletic directors are competitive by nature. So I want you to think in that room, uh, there are 14 athletic directors, 14 institutions across 11 different states uh, with varying degrees of programs. The competitive juices did start flowing. Um, you might imagine there were some disagreements in that room of people. The good thing about our conference is people are willing to share how they feel. And I'm, I shared how I felt on things and how I saw things. And uh, my competitive juices got going as well. So you can imagine those at certain times, there was a sense of we can, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Then there was a sense of mm, this is getting a little dicey. And then when the decision came, you really – felt the air taken out of the room, the air taken out of our cells. There were people who were disappointed, mad, upset, and rightfully so because we're all so passionate about what we do. We're passionate about the opportunities for these young men and young women. And to have that taken away from them, we know uh, how much it means. So very, very passionate. And uh, But at the end of the day, we'll come together and we'll do what's appropriate as we move forward. Damon, were there any other models of continuing fall sports considered in these discussions? We've seen the success of the bubble model in the NBA, the WNBA, the NHL, MLS, PLL. 
was there any thought or, or ideas of trying to implement a bubble model um, within fall sports? You know, we talked about the bubble and, and you watch the NBA, which they've done a terrific job with the bubble. I mean, I've actually enjoyed watching NBA games. I typically don't watch NBA until the playoffs, but maybe I was missing so much sport. But you got to give the commissioner and the people of that league, uh, you got to give them kudos for what they did. A bubble is not realistic for what we do. Uh, you're, you're looking at student athletes. We've got about 550 to 600 student athletes here. When you look at fall sports and just a football team, by the very nature of a football team with about 110 to 120 um, student athletes and then all of the coaches and staff associated with it. And by nature, uh, we're at an institution of higher learning, a little bit more difficulty with the bubble, but the conference thought of all different types of scenarios. How do we mitigate the risk of the spread of this virus? How do we best protect our student athletes? Maybe we can go play here and maybe we can all meet up here. So there were all types of scenarios going on, but it just wasn't in the cards for us to pull any of those scenarios off. But what I will say, there was a lot of creativity, a lot of creative thought out there. And some of the things, you, you throw stuff against the board and you see what sticks. And uh, there wasn't a bubble that would work for us at the time. Damon, I, I know we're here on August 12th, so it's hard to say. But do you expect that sports will be played in the spring? Uh, I, I absolutely hope so. I, I believe that you have to have some hope. Um, we've seen this virus ebb and flow. We've got a little more time on our side to gather much more data, to learn more about the virus, uh, to continue to uh, enhance people's protocols, testing, uh, to do some things that where we are today may look totally different two weeks from now, three weeks from now. So I am extremely hopeful that we'll, we'll play in the spring. That's what we're aiming for. That's what we're planning to do. It, and it's important for us to do that for our student athletes, first and foremost, our coaches, our universities, and ultimately to our fans who are out there that so support us each and every day. So we'll, we'll continue to strive for the spring and um, see where the science and the data takes us. Obviously, this applies to all sports, but I think it's specifically been brought up with football to follow up on that, Damon. And you're in a unique position to answer this because you played football in college. Do you think you can play a spring football season and then come back and play in the fall? I think that's been such a narrative that's, that's taken hold the last 24 hours among people. Where do you see that issue kind of lying as a former football player? Well, you know, I think it's a, that's an outstanding question because still – at the forefront is the health and safety of the student athlete. So we got to take that and say, can you do that? So you can't think about the spring without thinking about the fall. So as we plan, we're going to be talking about the fall as well. What does that look like? Is it a much smaller schedule in the spring? Do you push back the start of fall a little bit so you can give much more time in there for student athletes to recover? In addition to that, we'll seek the advice of our, our medical experts to make sure that we're doing what's appropriate by them. So this is not just a look at spring, it's a look at spring and fall and trying to figure out something that works out best for all concerned and keeping health and safety at the forefront. But I do believe it is something that we can pull off. At this point, as a Maryland fan, everyone's eyes turn to basketball, men's and women's basketball, but the other winter sports as well, wrestling and gymnastics and indoor track. Do you believe those will be able to start on time, specifically basketball, which obviously the non-conference season, you know, starts to get away with practice and things in October. Um, do you think that has the potential to begin on time? Well, you know, the vote 
that, that took place or whatever, what have that led to where we are today. Um, the decision was around fall sports only. And so no fall competition. So there was no decision made with regard to those winter sports, which include the basketball programs. So as of now, uh, we'll continue to assess where we are day by day. And we're going to have to make a decision with regard to those sports. But again, I'm going to remain optimistic because I think it's good to have hope. Uh, we've got our young men and women who are here and they're doing some small group training and, and conditioning and shooting and so forth. And they've got to stay positive and we got to keep them positive. So we move forward as if that opportunity is going to present itself. And then if it doesn't, then we move towards the spring. But as of now, uh, we are we are moving forward and we'll see. Again, I'm going to continue to say what the experts say, where the data and science takes us. But uh, I remain hopeful. Damon, what's been the response from Maryland fans? Uh, I mean, has your flow, phone been blowing up like more than ever before? You know, what, what's just kind of been the reaction and your your take on, on how fans are handling all this? Well, our, our, our fans are passionate. You, you guys know that, and I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, people have called and people have been calling throughout this process just to say, hey, we know you're going through a tough time. We know you guys are going to have to make some significant – some significant decisions. There it goes right there. <laughs> people, people Perfect timing right there. <laughs> Hold on a second. But we know that people are, uh, you know, that they knew we were going to have to make significant decisions. But what they always said is that we're going to stand by you. We're going to stand by Maryland because they love this institution so much, guys. Uh, you know that. And so I want to say to all of our fans out there, first and foremost, thanks for your support. Uh, just throughout the years of Maryland athletics and this great institution. But during these difficult times, I appreciate the comments. I appreciate the concerns uh, that you voice because your voice is important to us and you mean so much and we couldn't do it without you. So thank you for that. Damon, for, for so many of these student athletes, their sport, their team is one of the most important things in their life, if not the most important thing in their life, in their day to day. You know, for so many of those players, that community, that family atmosphere of being around their team um, is just such a constant and important thing in their life. You know, will student athletes be able to continue practicing on campus? Will they have, you know, the, the same access to resources and things that they might have uh, during a normal season or a normal year? Well, there's going to be a little bit of difference. But, yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Student athletes are used to structure. Student athletes like being around their teammates. They like being around their coaches. They like hanging out. So what we want to do is be able to provide those opportunities for them. So there will be some, what we call, we'll continue to do strength and conditioning, uh, small group training. It's really phase two of our gradual return to, to training and competition. Uh, phase three was full organized team activity. Obviously, we stopped that. So we're going to move back to that phase two part, uh, guided by our, our medical experts. But yeah, they'll have the opportunity to strength condition, uh, do some training and some individual skill work uh, to, to keep them going because their mental psyche is important as well. So we look at the physical health and the mental health of our student athletes. And I think we as humans, we like to be around other people. This pandemic has taken us away from one another. So to be able to come back together and do it in the right manner, because we will still have our medical protocols in place. We will still test our student athletes uh, as we move forward on a weekly basis and do all the things that we can to protect them from this virus. 
Damon, one of the most significant fallouts of, of this postponement is what it will do to the athletics department and campus community from a financial standpoint. Can you lay out those implications uh, for fans? Uh, it, it's significant. Uh, make no mistake about it. Uh, not playing fall sports and specifically football, the two biggest revenue generators for us in college athletics, one's football and one's men's basketball. And that's the way it's always been at, at the majority of institutions. There are some sports that generate uh, revenue, but those two sports really pay for everything. And the television dollars from the Big Ten are significant tickets. Uh, you talk about donations. So this will be a, a, a big hit to our budget. But again, we don't know the full implications because there's still a chance that we'll play spring ball and we'll have an opportunity to re, uh, recoup some of that revenue that we didn't get this fall. So the implications are significant. I've talked to our president about it. We'll continue to work on it and manage it and move forward. And it's gonna be something that we as an athletics team, a department that we're all gonna to have to share uh, in this burden as we move forward to make sure that we can continue to provide the resources for our student athletes and our coaches and uh, do the things that we do so well here at the University of Maryland. To expand on that, when you guys were having the discussions, especially among all the stakeholders in the Big Ten, and I think from the outside, people would say, oh, they have to play football. They're, they're going to make it work because they have to play. What are they going to do if they don't play from a money perspective? How did you guys balance those two issues, keeping people safe and also realizing the amount of financial burden this could potentially hurt all of these institutions and not only uh, the campuses, but also these surrounding communities around the conference that, you know, get so much of their business and things off of a college football Saturday or any uh, of a fall sports participation. When we first started this off, one of the things that we did say, you had to set a, uh, some guiding principles to help you in the decision-making process. And one of the things that we said, we can't let money be the key uh, determinant as we move forward. So obviously the decision was made uh, and it was made in the best interest of the health and safety and wellness of the student athletes. And now we bear that potentially a significant financial burden. So as we thought about it, we said, let's stay focused on what the right thing is Let's stay focused on following the data. Let's stay focused on listening to our medical experts. But don't we thought about our local communities, the impact on the communities, the impact on the university, the economic impact that a program, a sports program like football does for so much in the community is significant. And uh, we know that and we feel a sense of responsibility uh, in that way. But we also know that there's nothing more important than the health, safety and wellness of the student athletes. And our conference uh, believed it was in the best interest to potentially forego that significant amount of revenue in order to do what we did. Damon, you've mentioned Coach Loxley and President Pines during this interview. And from the outside, it seems like you three have a very, very strong working relationship and have been united in a lot of these decisions, which you can't maybe say about every single school in the country right now. What has the process been like working uh, with, with those two and working as a group um, to, to come to these decisions? I feel extremely fortunate. I'm just going to be a candid, guys. I, I feel extremely fortunate. Uh, each day that goes by, the more that I, I, I deal with uh, locks, uh, just uh, re reiterates or emphasizes the fact that he was the right uh, choice for this position to lead our football program. He and I have communicated 
uh, on a daily basis regarding all of these issues with regard to moving forward. Sometimes two, three, four times a day, we meet weekly. So Locks and I always discussed everything and I would not make any decision or, or talk about anything or share any input without discussing it with him first. So that relationship is great. And then, and then Dr. Pines. I've known Dr. Pines now for several years. First and foremost, I'm excited that he is our new president. Uh, he's come in at a tumultuous time, but he's shown great leadership. He understands college athletics. His son, Donovan, if you guys remember, played soccer here and helped us win a national championship. So he understands the ins and outs and the inner workings of, of athletics. And so we were always talking. Um, I called him. He called me. We were joking one day. He says, boy, jump in this, and there's, I'm doing so much with athletics. But I appreciate his concern and his passion. But he always stayed focused on, Damon, let's always talk about the health and safety and wellness of our student athletes. And so was Locks. And so to have that core group uh, really makes me feel good uh, to be a part of our athletics program and this university. Damon, touch on not only those two, but the rest of your athletics department stakeholders from the rest of the fall sports coaches um, to your medical staff. I know you want to give them props, so I'll give this opportunity to you. You've been unif you guys have been unified this entire time in terms of communicating the medical information out. Um, our student athletes that came in for the fall season did a great job adhering to those um, with the advice of their coaches. Just speak to that overall effort um, from a Maryland perspective um, that we've had over the last couple of months. As you guys know, I've always preached uh, One Maryland. It, it's about unity. It's, it, it's about more than just any individual. It takes a team effort to have success. Uh, and I know that I don't have all the answers, but I know that we have a brilliant group of people that I am so fortunate and blessed to work with each and every day. The medical team here, you guys, they've just been fantastic. I cannot thank them enough for their guidance, uh, their leadership, throughout all of this. And I'm going to say, they really work their tails off uh, to help us out. So to Dr. Rooks and to David Klosner and to Brian Somerville and all our athletic trainers out there and other doctors, I'm simply saying thank you for your great leadership in helping us uh, get through this and your continued leadership and advice. Also, our coaches have been remarkable. I want you guys to imagine this. They have to deal with these young men and young women. They have to relay messages. Uh, we're on a roller coaster ride here, but they were steadfast. Uh, I've been on so many calls with them. We have a weekly head coaches call, but then there are times where we go twice a week and just got off the phone with them two times yesterday and already was on the phone again with them this morning. So they've been great. And to all of our staff, uh, we try to communicate uh, with you. You guys are why we are who we are. And don't forget that. Um, I always say to you guys, you're important to me. We're important to each other because we can't do this and without each other. And we're going to go through some difficult times. But the reason I'm confident is because of simply we are one Maryland. And I'll continue to preach that. So thanks to everyone for what you've done and what you will continue to do. And thanks for your patience and, and really support during all of this. And then, Damon, I'll finish on a piece of personal reflection for you. What have you learned over these last few months since the cancellation of all of the spring seasons. You're obviously in a position of leadership in an industry that has been all over the map the last few months. Reflect on the last few months personally and what you've learned um, and what you can take from this moving forward in your role. 
I, I think anytime you go through difficult, uh, difficult times where you face adversity, there are lessons. You know, uh, adversity helps define who you are and who we are as people and how you handle that adversity. And what I've seen is, I'll tell everyone, there are days that I've been extremely emotional. Uh, there have been days that I've been down and, and then there's days that I'm excited. But what I've learned as I continue to do, you always got to remain balanced. Don't become emotional and let your emotions guide your decision making. Um, you got to make sure you take a step back and reflect as you move forward. And that's what I try to do. And I try to keep the best interest of our staff, our student athletes and our coaches at heart. I don't always make the right decisions and I know that I'm going to fail, but you got to have people around you that you can lean on. Our leadership team was great throughout all of this. There are other staff members uh, that we were able to reach out to, but then all of a sudden another pandemic hit us with the social injustices out there. And so now you're dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, the social injustices, and you say, what's next? Someone sent me a card and it said, when you're going through hell, keep going. And you know what? I took that to heart and said, you know, we're going to push through. We're going to forge through and there will be light at the end of the tunnel. And I know for Maryland athletics, when this is all over and we get to, to look back, we're going to say those difficult times has made us so much better. A chaotic 24 hours to a week, to say the least, for college athletics. Damon Evans, thank you so much for jumping on with us and, and bringing some candid commentary to give everyone some perspective on this situation. And we hope the next time we have you on, we're talking about basketball getting started or football getting started in the spring um, and getting back to competition. But thank you so much for jumping on with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your hard work. It's always good to be with you. Thanks, Damon. Back here on Hear the Turtle, presented by Toyota, and have to thank uh, the director of athletics, Damon Evans, uh, for giving us his time. Some great stuff there from Damon Keith. I thought some of the key takeaways were just the uncertainty, and, and Kevin Warren touched on that a lot yesterday, just the uncertainty of what the virus can do and, and, and the level of testing that we have at our disposal seemed like it was a big sticking point for the Big Ten in their decision. And Damon reiterated that. We've heard that talking point. The other thing that, that I was interested to hear from him is, is trying to balance the financials and the medical side of this. And I know that's an uncomfortable topic, but college athletics departments need football in a certain sense to survive and thrive. And if you lose that, that really hurts. And, and monetary figures are being thrown around from a lot of different um, institutions. And, and I'm sure stuff will come out about this one as well and whether how you balance that with the medical part of it. And Damon was unequivocal in saying that this was a medical decision, that the finances were thrown out early in the process, that they made this as a medical decision. And you can believe that or you don't. I, I believe it. I think that's, that's how everyone carried this out. Um, and that is good to hear um, from a guy that, and Damon has a financial background, um, who understands how much this is going to impact um, if there's no football. So really some interesting stuff there uh, from Damon Keith. Absolutely, Taylor. Uh, and athletic directors, presidents of universities, head coaches, they're responsible for the well-being of their student athletes. And no one's life is worth a game, uh, no matter how much money's at stake, how eligibility is affected or, or whatever. Um, but, man, you, you don't envy anyone standing in Damon's shoes right now or any conference commissioners in the spot they're in because they have to make unpopular decisions that a lot of fans, you know, stakeholders, student athletes don't agree with. Um, but that's why they're in that seat. 
uh, to make these hard decisions that ultimately can impact uh, somebody's life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and trying to make the best right decision with the information at hand. And, and we're obviously seeing the entire public discourse around college football, which is stretching to the far highest and farthest offices in the land. So this is a gigantic news story. And these are hard decisions to make. And Kevin Warren and the rest of the Big Ten, and you see, you've seen the disagreement in the conference as well. I mean, certainly the people in Lincoln, Nebraska are not as happy or, or not happy about this decision, maybe don't believe it's right. I think you have to commend if you're a Maryland fan, and, and, you, and we have probably more context than most people because we're working in this internally and disseminating this information after it comes out. But the way that Damon Evans – uh, president, Dr. Daryl Pines, new president, by the way, what a freaking spot to be in for him the last couple of months, um, specifically head coach Mike Loxley, and then the rest of our fall sports coaches um, with just a unified front surrounding this decision. And, and, and I think um, in multiple of those fall sports coaches statements saying, look, the health and safety of the student athletes is paramount and we'll, we will be ready to play. All these teams are ready. They're all, I mean, You've talked to women's soccer. I've talked to men's soccer. We got people talking to field hockey. All of these athletes are ready to go. I mean, and, and coaches are ready to go. But ultimately, and, and we, we saw that with the you know the outpouring on social media of student yeah. athletes across the country with the hashtag "We want to play." Um, you know that that's there. There's that's not in question. That's not in question for a second, right? For sure. And, and there's going to be a lot of other things that come out of of this entire situation from a student athlete, you know, unionization and association perspective. But with that on the back burner for now, ultimately for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and for a variety of other conferences at this point, you now really only have the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12 and the AAC as the and Conference USA as the uh, FBS programs that are going to play football right now. Um, and so ultimately the big 10 saw us medical information and said, we've, we've got to postpone this. Um, and we will see what happens over the next few weeks with the other conferences. Um, but it was great to hear Damon Evans, uh, speak to that. And obviously Keith, we now move into more uncharted territory and that's been what so much of the last few months has been not just in college sports. I mean, we live in this vacuum, but just across all industries and, and across all states of this country and throughout the entire world of having to respond to the next challenge. And I think Damon kind of harped on that to us in our staff meeting yesterday is, is trying to respond to this and, and move through it and hope to get to a point where we can get back to athletic competition. Cause as we've said a thousand times, that is what we are here to do is to give our student athletes the best experience possible and to put an entertaining product out on the field that entertains millions of people throughout the country. So once again, thanks to Damon Evans for jumping on with us. Um, it was great to get his perspective and I'm sure he will not be the first or the last person that we have speaking about these issues as we go through the next few months. Uh, we're going to continue with our here, the turtle episodes. Obviously we've got some in the can, as we talked about last week, with some men's basketball greats throughout the past. Uh, we're going to continue to try to get our pro Terps on that are participating and hope to talk to our student athletes with some other initiatives um, as we go through um, the fall and hopefully lead into Keith. I, 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 if we can just get a basketball game at Xfinity center in 2020, that would be a nice piece of news. Um, and then we can roll right into the spring um, and, and get everything done. Uh, and, and we'll just have more sports in the spring to watch. And, and that'll be great. So right. it'll be fun. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels at Here the Turtle on Twitter, at Here the Turtle on Instagram, Sneds311 for my great colleague Keith Snedden. You can follow me at Taylor Smite 10. A weird, weird week in college athletics. We'll keep chugging on, Keith, and we'll see you next time on Here the Turtle. Good terms.